0: I'm Sybil Patry, and this is My Charter Story from CFA Institute. I'm so delighted to be part of this podcast and introduce you to CFA charter holders from all over the world. How do we unravel the harrowing differences in success when it comes to gender, race, and other underrepresented groups in the investment industry? We must realize two things. Gender-related parity can be systemic and very unique to someone's personal situation at the same time. Let's remember that the world is nuanced and answers are not always just one thing or another. Women in finance face a lot of unique challenges in America alone. When you are a woman navigating motherhood, a career gap in a country that is a step behind in gender parity, you have a truly uphill battle. So one of the best ways to help solve the problem is by sharing and listening to individual stories. And I am so honored to have the platform to do just that. Let's meet Azra Mirza, a level three candidate whose story features many roadblocks that she somehow changed into building blocks. Azra's story gives me life. I love how she stepped out of the norm and took her own interest in pursuing finance, which is not something a typical woman in India might gravitate towards. Azra, welcome to the podcast. Let's start by hearing about where you grew up and how your career started.
1: I come from Mumbai, a city which is a very cosmopolitan city in India. I remember, while growing up, my grandfather was a battalion with the Indian Armed Forces, and he instilled a lot of discipline which eventually transcended into his kids and into me so my dad was a banker additionally my mom was a teacher at the atomic energy school which is a residential school of the baba atomic research center which uh, is a community of uh, you know the best scientists in india so we studied and grew grew up uh, with the kids who are one of the most brightest and competitive kids around that's uh, vividly what I remember of my childhood. Uh, my mom and my dad has always been an inspiration to uh, me and my siblings. Uh, all my friends uh, were, wanted to either be uh, engineers or doctors, as uh, is very typical with uh, the Indian society. But uh, I wanted to be something different and least did my three years course in animation and graphics. I started with the advertising industry And uh, I wanted to uh, do my master's. My father was very keen that I do my master's. And I thought i will do my master's in marketing and get back into advertising.
0: Okay, animation and marketing is a very different industry than where you ended up. How did you transition into finance?
1: Finance was kind of uh, sounded very uh, discreet and very interesting. So I took up a small course Uh, in the Bombay Stock Exchange. uh, And uh, it was something which was fascinating for me. And I ended up uh, specializing in finance. um, And that's where my finance journey began. I did my uh, MBA in finance, I got a campus placement in uh, one of India's uh, largest private bank uh, called ICSF Bank. And uh, that's what uh, led me to finance. I was very passionate about my work. I was always a workaholic and I had big goals. While I was working with ICICI bank, I met my husband and we got married. Shortly after getting married, he got a career opportunity in Saudi Arabia. So we packed up and moved to Saudi Arabia together.
0: It was supposed to be a project for two years, but it turned out to be much longer. For our listeners who aren't aware, traditionally, Saudi Arabia has been a very conservative country that holds strict beliefs about traditional gender roles.
1: It certainly used to be, but uh, now it's changing. Living in Saudi Arabia was a turning point in my life. Moving from the fast-paced workaholic city of Mumbai and into a conservative space was a major challenge for me. There weren't many career opportunities in finance for an expat woman in Saudi society. So I became a mom. I became a housewife, but it was a space that allowed me the opportunity to be become a mother and experience motherhood.
0: Now, what you have gone through is something that is near to my heart. Many women that want to have children always end up at a crossroads. When I started out in my career, I had a long list of things I wanted to achieve before I became a mom. It was almost as if I knew there would be a stall and I wouldn't be seen the same way. This should not have been the case. This looks different for all of us, but we all do go through a period of transition that most men just don't have to consider. How did your husband feel about the situation he moved you into, knowing that you had to give up your blooming career to advance his?
1: So my husband was very supportive. You've heard the saying, behind every successful man, there's a woman. But I think behind every strong woman, there's also a man, a very confident man. And that's what my husband has been for me. He realized that there was something missing. He knew how passionate I was about my career. So he took a step backward in his promotion in order to move out of Saudi Arabia because he wanted to move somewhere that would give me an opportunity to get back to work. So we decided to move to Kuwait.
0: As much as Azra loved her family and enjoyed being a mother, she longed to return to the career in finance that she left behind in India. What I want people to take away here is that it's possible to do both. Love your children and long for a career that fuels your passions. It's not an either or. After nearly a decade in Saudi Arabia, it was time to move on. They packed up all their belongings and moved to Kuwait, a place where they thought Azra could more easily restart her career, but it proved to be a bit more difficult than she had hoped.
1: So when we got to Kuwait, I didn't know anyone in this country. So the first thing I did was I started applying for jobs, random banking jobs, and I was rejected everywhere. And so it was disappointing. I remember going to one place for an interview. I was really excited about the job because I wanted to get back to work. I wanted to do something productive. At first, they were really, really happy and they were asking if I'd like to start tomorrow or start as soon as I can. But the next day, they called and asked me how old are my kids. And when I told them my younger one was less than a year old, they told me they cannot hire me. It's not easy for a woman trying to balance a career and family life. I'm sure there are loads of women who experienced this. It. It's especially hard after a long sabbatical and you have a big gap in your employment. HR departments don't want to take a risk on you. One country to the other, I have had different experiences which are very different from someone who has stuck to the same kind of job in the same country. I have experience of dealing with different multicultural people and different nationalities. It is something which you cannot put on a CV or resume, but these are the things that have to be highlighted. But all HR departments saw was employment gaps and family obligations. After being rejected, I wanted to do something to enhance my skills because I had such a large gap in my resume. I could have done something easy just to get some small job, but I wanted to do something which was very difficult. And thinking about the future and the possibility of moving again for my husband's career opportunities, I wanted to do something that was a globally recognized designation because I might find myself in the situation of being a trailing wife again. So I realized that I need something which is more globally recognized, which is globally accepted, especially in the finance field. And that's when I got to know about the CFA program. So the first thing I did was I joined the CFA Society of Kuwait.
0: So you decided that your way back into the finance industry was going to be through the CFA program and the local society.
1: I approached them and you know, they were really kind enough, given I did not have any CFA program experience and was basically on a sabbatical from my career. I wasn't working, so I had all the time in the world. I would drop off my kids to school and volunteer for them. I was named the program chair for the society, which is quite interesting. So that's where my networking started. I had the opportunity to network with the best people in Kuwait. I got to travel and speak at a society leadership conference. It was a great experience. And I'm still associated with the society. It's been six years. Wherever I am in the world, I would want to associate with the societies because that's one platform, which is so interesting. They're working for a bigger purpose. It's a place to meet like-minded people. The reason why I feel societies are important is because as a woman and as an expat venturing away from home, you need to find the right kind of people, you know, the right kind of community and see if the societies are exactly that. They give you the base. They give you the community. So I immediately met a group of people who are like minded, who are more than friends to me at that time. The society has been a great platform for networking and for learning, especially for me.
0: You have passed levels one and two of the CFA program and are currently preparing for your level three exam. As someone who already has an MBA, what are the major differences you see between an MBA and the CFA program?
1: The first major difference compared to an MBA, the CFA program is quite affordable, including purchasing prep materials from providers. Secondly, the convenience, I mean, I didn't have to leave my home As a mother, I didn't have to leave my little ones far behind. I could study at my own time. I remember during my level one, I would start studying, then I would drop my kids off to school and go back to studying during the daytime. Once the kids came home, there were so many things to do with them, and I would later go back to studying after I put them to bed. So those were the things which were actually very different from doing an MBA. And there's a third point the CFA designation, again, is a global designation. While MBAs can be, you know, some are quite country-specific, the Ivy Leagues might be global, but most MBAs aren't. But still, CFA Institute has a CFA society, a community in every region. So I think it's a great course and a great career path to pursue.
0: Azra, now that you've reestablished your career through your pursuit of the CFA charter, you've also been finding time to use your talents to give back to other women in the community. Can you tell me a bit about your work?
1: I realized that there were a lot of women like me who were following their husbands and they left their careers somewhere far behind. And I was the one who pushed myself and got back because I was someone who didn't want to give up. But there are many women who need help getting back to their career when the time is right. I wanted to kind of help these women. So I joined the Soroptimist Club of Kuwait which is under the umbrella of Sir Optimist Europe, basically focuses on educating and empowering women. And my project focuses on helping women to create sound investment habits because a lot of women get scared by complicated financial jargons and they do not know how markets work. They do not know what investments are. So this project is about educating women to kind of be financially independent to learn how to invest and bridge that financial gender gap that is so talked about right now. And I feel especially in this part of the world, women are far behind in that. So that's where the project is, and that's why I'm working on it. So for me, I mean, leaving my career behind, leaving home and moving to different countries has actually been a great experience, because I don't think I would have looked at my life in that way. I would have never taken a chance and pursued the CFA designation because I would have had everything easy in my life. I have friends who graduated with me with finance degrees and they are in great positions, but I'm proud of myself for taking the harder part through the CFA program. It has opened a new world to me I might have never
0: experienced. I like to think about your journey as pushing yourself, willingly or not, out of the comfort zone. The growth in our lives tends to happen when we are faced with pushing, being resilient, being faced with failures. While you may have been comfortable in that prior life, what you have experienced now puts you in a better position with more life experiences and a deep desire to give back and make an impact. So with that thought, who is the biggest inspiration in your life? Is there anyone that played a major role in becoming the person you are?
1: Growing up, my mom has been one of my major inspirations and she was a working mom in those days. It was very hard to find a working woman in India and I grew up watching her. We lived in a very traditional Indian family which was a joint family. So my mom would wake up like at 5 in the morning to cook breakfast for us before she would leave for a job. She and my father managed the family so well, and all these years, she's been a source of major inspiration to me because even now she's retired after 36 years of career, she's still giving back to the society. After retirement, she was teaching autistic kids computer skills, and even now she works with certain NGOs that needs assistance. So she's been very inspirational on my journey.
0: Azra, it was a pleasure to learn more about your story. Thank you so much for joining us on My Charter Story. I'd like to close by bringing in what the CFA Institute is doing as it relates to women in the investment profession. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are crucial elements in the future of the investment industry and success of investment firms. To help foster a commitment to create better investment outcomes and working environments in the investment industry, CFA Institute has developed a voluntary DEI code beginning in the United States and Canada. The DEI code has been developed by a highly diverse working group of investment professionals, CFA Institute members, employees, and DEI practitioners. The code recognizes that a diversity of perspectives will lead to better investment outcomes and an inclusive investment industry will better serve our diverse society. The CFA Institute strongly believes that an organization with an inclusive culture, awareness and education and effective working relationships is a better place to work. I applaud all stakeholders that were involved in this effort and encourage you to learn more about it on the CFA Institute's website. And please, if you're enjoying my charter story, I encourage you to go to the platform you're listening to it on and leave us a review. It helps others find the podcast. Thank you and see you next time.